Hi, I'm Ken. And I'm Dee. And this is Antiques Freaks. A podcast? Question mark. Could it be? <laughs> Highly likely. By Jove. What antiques are we talking about this week, old sport? Well, you know, it's actually been a while, and... It's been a while. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was time we had another Antiques Freaks fraud. <gasps> Do tell. And this is actually a case we mentioned in passing during a larger discussion about general furniture fraud. Ooh. But when we had released that, it was actually an ongoing investigation. And now that it's actually been a couple of years, we do have more information. Yes, yes, yes. So I think we should talk about Bill G.B. Palo, Charles Horman, The Mysterious Candy, and The Case of the Fake National French Treasures. I am strapped in. I have paid for the entire seat, but I will only use the edge. (laughs) Get on that edge, bud. So enter our first character and arguably antagonist, Bill G.B. Palo. He was and currently still is considered the grandmaster of 18th century French artifacts. In fact, he published what many consider the book on the subject, the 1987 book The Art of the Chair in 18th Century France, a book which is the bible of most French furniture enthusiasts and many furniture enthusiasts in general, and earned him the punning nickname Pere Lachaise, which <laughs> after doing some digging, I found out is Daddy Chair. <laughs> Pierre the Chaise! <laughs> very good, very good. So they did nickname him Chair Daddy, which is upsetting. <laughs> Can we refer to him as Chair Daddy throughout the remainder of this episode? Actually, that would make this very easy on me, and I would have to mispronounce way less French. Yay! So tell me more about Chair Daddy. Chair Daddy's extremely famous, and he gets a job as the manager of the furniture division at an extremely famous antiques gallery known as Didier Aron. Through a series of third-party trades and sales... He organizes the sale of a set of chairs, two of them being ployants, which is a French folding bench popular in the 18th century French court. And over time, these chairs make their way to where else? Versailles. Of course. (laughs) And in fact, the ployants get classed as actual national treasures, which mean in France, this means no matter what happens, they are not allowed to be sold outside of France. They must always stay within the country. Oh. They can be owned privately, but they cannot leave the country. Man, France is wild. (laughs) France is something the fuck else when it comes to maintaining their cultural identity. In some ways for the better, and in some ways for the absolute worst. As no doubt this story will illustrate. As no doubt this story will illustrate. Now, one of the interesting things is that the curators at Versailles employ a variety of contracted professionals before they make acquisitions. It's very important to make sure that everything you're buying is legit and has an actual provenance. Mais ouais. Now, who do you think the curators at Versailles asked professional advice for these? Was it Daddy Chair? Why, it was Chair Daddy himself. (laughs) Shockingly, Daddy Chair signs off on the deal, says to Versailles, yep, this is legit, and they move forward confidently with a deal that has never been disclosed monetarily, but based on other sales of similar chairs, was probably anywhere from two hundred dollars to $500,000. I love that these chairs were acquired for an undisclosed amount. <laughs> Ever since this event, Versailles absolutely refuses to talk about how much they paid for them. <laughs> so good. So good. So, 
This is all well and good, right? Oh, yeah. Enter Charles Hoorman. Hoorman? Hoorman. Hoorman. Often considered a rival antiques dealer, a term that gets bandied around a lot by people who I do not think understand the nature of an antiques dealer rivalry. Will we have an episode purely dedicated to the true nature of antiques rivalries? Because... Yeah. I mean, the very quick of it is just that I don't think they exist because we all need each other too much. Aww... The real antiques rivalry was the friends we made along the way. True. I actually think it's very rare to see a genuine rivalry. This bodes well for our Lovejoy reboot. True. It's just because it's not common for antiques dealers to specialize in the same areas. Obviously, it does happen when that happens. But even then, I don't really fully believe that it's a, it's a phenomenon, but it sounds good in media. It does. It's very snappy. It really gets the kids going. Charles Horman operates his own smaller antiques gallery of furniture. Actually on the same street as the Didier Aaron, but much farther down in the poorer section. So many romance novels have started off with this premise. <laughs> Unfortunately, that's not where this is going to go. Damn it. Although, you know, if you're getting a plot idea, I say run for it. With it. Either way. <laughs> Charles Horman, actually interestingly enough, was an erstwhile student of Daddy Chair at the Sorbonne which was absolutely bafflingly referred to as one of the lesser schools of France, which I don't... Okay, sure. Sure. I went to UMass Dartmouth, but I guess the Sorbonne is for the dirty rabble. <laughs> and he studied art history under Polo, and as such, they were somewhat friends, if not just acquaintances. He also specializes in furniture. In fact, he described from what he'd learned of Daddy Chairs, perhaps fittingly to the nickname we've bestowed upon him now, uh -huh. quote, Bill saw that chairs are sexy. The description of an 18th century chair is the form of the female body. Oh, no. The belt of a seat rail comes in at the waist. If an upholsterer does his job right, the seat back is voluptuous, and the backrest is sloped and curved like the form of a woman. Woo. Woo. End quote. Why is France always like this? Charles Horman is not French. He is an expat of the U.S., <laughs> No, but I'm assuming France <laughs> accepted him as one of their own because he's like this. Yeah, he. I mean, he's he is French now. Yes, he does. Just so you understand the extent to which he learned to love almost specifically chairs. And by extension, their daddy. And by extension, daddy. In fact, actually, France has the claim to fame as possibly being the inventor of the armchair. Oh. Because the court ladies' dresses were so fucking obtuse and huge that they had to basically rearrange how chairs were to sit their big asses, and we just kind of stuck with the design. The more you know. Anyway, prior to Versailles making the purchase, Horman was at the Didier Iran, and he saw a pair of ployants, as we said, folding benches. They were being attributed to having once been in the possession of Princess Louise Elizabeth, a daughter of King Louis XV. I assume XV is 15, is it not? It is. Okay, I got it right for once in my stupid life. All right, awesome. Varney the Vampire is making us very good at Roman numerals. <laughs> <laughs> they wouldn't even want me at that den of devilry, the Sorbonne. <laughs> <laughs> I swear to God, reading that was like, like a physical pain in my skull. <laughs> He looks at these ployants, and he swears that he recognizes the signature of two craftspeople, a gilder and a carver, that both he and Daddy Chair frequently employ for restoration work on pieces. Living men? Living men. But D, that must mean it is a shop run by the ghosts of Versailles. Yes. <laughs> this isn't just a gay antiques romance, this is a haunted gay antiques romance with a love triangle between the living chair daddy and the ghost of Versailles. I pray you actually workshop this and get someone to write this if you don't. 
email your book proposal to antiquesfreakspodcast at gmail.com. No, what actually happens is actually a little stranger than that. You see, Horman was, as we mentioned, extremely intimate with the craftsmanship and signature flourishes of these craftspersons. So he did what any serious antiques dealer would do. He made out with a ghost. To quote, I licked the chair, and voila, (laughs) I could taste the fraud. This is not uh, an exaggeration or a metaphor. He physically got on his hands and knees and put his mouth on the chair. Oh my god, Dee, he took a page out of your book! (laughs) He has liberated me from all of the japeries people have made at my expense. But do you know why he's licked the chairs? You seem to have just accepted that it happened. Well, I mean, I've seen how you get around antiques, so I kind of assumed it was the norm for the business. (laughs) Not with furniture. No? No. Have you considered? I guess I could start. (laughs) One trick he knew that these craftspeople used was melting down licorice and painting it on to give the illusion of age and wear. (gasps) Oh my god. The Willy Wonka furniture fraud. So, big props to him taking that 50-50 gamble that he might have just been licking a very old and dirty chair. (laughs) I mean, we've heard how he speaks about chairs... So I don't know that it was much of a sacrifice for him. There is now an outside chance having acknowledged that that he licks the chairs and this time claimed, I did it because I knew it was a fraud. And perhaps he actually found out the other way around. Yes, I subscribe to that theory with the addendum that he came up with the story afterwards because someone caught him licking the chairs. <laughs> There's a good reason. It's, uh, it's fake. That's licorice. It's candy. No, no, this is extremely normal behavior because... I'm a genius, actually. (laughs) (laughs) I studied under the chair daddy. Perhaps you've heard of him. I studied under chair daddy. Um, I'll see myself out. (laughs) Actually, Horman, later that week, did confront chair daddy about these supposed forgeries. You've been cheating on me. With chairs. And the ghosts of Versailles. (laughs) That wasn't a secret, I think, from the way that both of them talk about chairs. Oh, so they're doing the French thing where they just openly have affairs, but the resentment they hold is secret? I mean, this is going to be a crackerjack novel once it gets written. (laughs) (laughs) Am I the last person, by the way, who says crackerjack as an adjective? Yes. Oh my god. And we love you for it. (laughs) There was a silence where I suddenly felt very self-conscious that I'd said that, and I was like, wait a minute. I've never in my life heard anyone else say that. I mean, there's also the Discord lag, but yeah. (laughs) Uh, Well, yeah, I mean, that is more realistic. So, (laughs) Orban goes to Chair Daddy, and he says, quote, I told Bill he'd always been my hero and that this wasn't right, Horman recalls. So many romances start with those lines. I know, God, right? Polo said, I'm the connoisseur and admitted nothing. Wow. (laughs) After dropping it, Horman found out that Versailles had purchased these supposedly fake ployants. This has all the makings of a creative writing MFA, I have to say. Really does, doesn't it? I mean, like, I'm becoming more and more disappointed that this isn't a novel I can just go by and enjoy right now. We can fix that. We have that power. Oh, but it takes so long, and I'm already working on another project. You know what I've always said about you, Dee, is that you don't have enough irons and enough fires. Yeah, I should probably start dual-wielding writing projects. Absolutely. So, Horman emailed the curators at Versailles and outlined his concerns and suspicions with detailed information about why he doubted their veracity. As it turns out, he did this quite a lot and was considered something of a pest to Versailles. (laughs) Horman is nothing if not passionate about the authenticity of 18th century chairs. I'm just imagining week after week him writing letters being like, you have to let me lick the chairs. You have to. You have to let me lick them. 
I have to get my mouth on them, otherwise I won't know. It's normal. <laughs> it's normal. It's extremely normal. Let me in. <laughs> Wait, I I'm sorry, are you a chair expert? No? Okay, then it's normal. The curators took his extremely detailed and erudite letter and forwarded it to Bill Palo, chair daddy. Oh, so this is the part of the novel where the love confession goes to the wrong person. But is it the right person after all? My god. Does he love chairs or does he love chair daddy? Oh my god. Is he merely transplanting his love of chair daddy onto the chairs because he knows in his heart he will never be enough for chair daddy? Does chair daddy love anything other than his chairs? Tune in to find out. Well, what we'll actually find out is that Chair Daddy and the Didier Aaron uh, threatened Horman with a lawsuit if he did not drop it. And meanwhile, Versailles created a display for the Ployance in 2014, claiming that they were extremely important real artifacts. A fact that would later haunt them. <laughs> if only they'd let him lick the chairs. Horman persisted, and two years later, he was involved in the French police detective, Sting, and Daddy Chair was arrested along with six other accused accomplices. The betrayal! The heartbreak! The solemn glances they exchanged as he was led away into the police car. Will Chair Daddy ever forgive him? Will he? Or is it he who will in his heart have to forgive Chair Daddy for betraying all of France? <laughs> Involved in the arrests included the Kramer Gallery, another huge venerable gallery of Paris. Laurent Kramer was quoted as saying, He never imagined they were fakes because who would copy something so famous? Although Laurent Kramer was also quite famed for refusing to answer questions to anyone who asked them and actively threatening patrons who made purchases from him that they should not be talking about the purchases, where they were going or where they were coming from. Huh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> also arrested was one Bruno Denois. He was a carver who, after being arrested for embarking on a forgery ring with Chair Daddy, was still hired by Versailles. Wait. To go... <laughs> Wait. Wait. <laughs> I'm sorry, what? Yes, uh, post his arrest, he was hired by Versailles to complete a replica of Louis XVI's bed which unfortunately has never been found, although there's many archival descriptions. I mean, I guess at that point, you know he's good at making stuff that looks like it's very old. Yeah, he actually, to this day, remains one of France's most celebrated antiques carvers for his incredible skill. Damn. It's very catch me if you can. Very much the same for Daddy Chair himself. He served a four-month sentence. He spent a four-month, like, initial sentence and has another trial that was upcoming in 2018 and has been put off for a variety of very understandable reasons. So what you're saying is, in order to get hired by the French government, I first need to do a lot of crimes? Like a shit ton of crimes. Okay. Like a literal actual ring of crimes. All right, I will put that into the calendar. Of Horman himself, Daddy Chair has stated, He's very clever, but nobody knew of him before this affair. Still, he's conceded, Charles loves armchairs. Which is an extremely cryptic thing to say. And yet, very in tone with the novel just far. I know, it really, it really does feel like a coded love confession. And what he meant was, I love you. Quietly, Versailles fired their museum director. Why? Well, <laughs> they fired the museum director and very slowly over the last couple of years, Versailles has taken on changing how they approach acquisitions. You don't say. <laughs> yeah, you don't. It's, it turns out there were some hiccups in their process. Rather. Overall, Daddy Chair admitted to 10 forgeries. 
having been made for the market very impurposefully. Although most of his detractors, people who'd been scammed by him, and of course Horman, who has, seems to have taken on the persona of a dedicated daddy chair disavower. Spurned lover, perhaps? Spurned lover, perhaps. They're all pretty sure that there are far more and that many museums have probably been ruined by daddy chairs forgeries. <laughs> Gerard de Mabille, the chief curator at Versailles, or the previous chief curator, we also quietly left after this broke, claimed, I had no reason not to trust Palot, but instead he had been suspicious that Horman himself... Everyone at Versailles was pretty sure Horman was trying to defame daddy chair. Out of jealousy. In fact, to this day, Horman remains something of a villain in the Paris antique scene for squealing. So, okay. <laughs> the guys who do the furniture fraud get hired by the French government to do more furniture fraud. But the guy who whistleblows on the furniture fraud is now the black sheep of France. Yes. Okay. Which isn't like anything new. Apparently, um, he's described himself as being sort of... People continually refer to him as overly intense and overly serious and aggressive. He's a loner, Dottie. A rebel. Yeah, he's very much sort of like the bad boy of the antique scene, which I think is very fun. It seems to me that basically his biggest crime is that he didn't develop the sort of like easy social grace that antiques dealers tend to be known for. Are they? Which I thought was extremely funny. <laughs> when asked why he had done it, Daddy Chair was pretty open in discussing, quote, It began as something very philosophical, he said. Yeah? The first time, it was a stupid joke. A gotcha. Nobody sees. The experts don't see. The curators don't see. The dealer doesn't see. He really is a supervillain. He at some point admitted that it should never have gone as far as it did, but he doesn't seem super sorry and was in fact laughing at his defense trial. I mean, why should he be sorry? It got him a job. <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of avant-garde artists and art appreciators really see him as a sort of contemporary, like, antiques joker. The Marcel Duchamp of antiques, if you will. Yeah, it's because he's very popular. He is a, uh, I saw the word bon vivant thrown around quite a lot. Uh, of course. Yeah, he does have the easy social grace attributed to the antiques dealer to the point of he defrauded an entire museum and some would argue an entire country and he's still sort of their little their little 18th century chair darling he's our pet criminal furthermore versailles and daddy chair himself have to this day not admitted that the ployants are fakes wait it is quote unquote under investigation wait okay while daddy <laughs> daddy chair did admit to other fakes and other fakes were found in the museum okay but like <laughs> So, wait. <laughs> what? Yeah. By the way, of the ten frauds that were confirmed, six of them belonged to Versailles. <laughs> and then again, not counting the ployants, which are still under investigation, quote unquote. Some say they're still under investigation to this day. In fact, Daddy Chair himself admitted that his first forgery was sold to Versailles. It was a pair of Delanois chairs that were claimed to belong to Marie Antoinette which Horman later helped debunk by finding out that the number of chairs produced by the artisan, there were only 12, and 12 of them already existed in the market by the time these two sold. Which kind of, I like to illustrate the amount of research Versailles was not doing into the issue. Yeah. <laughs> and also their continued hesitance to believe or like Horman despite the fact that he is clearly at least a historical expert they could be turning to. So at what point do we just say Versailles is complicit? I don't, we're not allowed to anymore because they fired all the higher-ups. Right, but... So that's the big thing, right? Was Versailles complicit? Were they a part of this? 
Given that we know that they have actively and very publicly created replicas of pieces that can't be found, was this a purposeful, like, thing to bolster their appearance as a museum? You know, look at how many wonderful French artifacts we have. Didn't really matter if they were real or not, because the people looking at them wouldn't know or care. There is, however, no active investigation into Versailles proper. Why would there be? I'm guessing from your positing that, that you actually do believe Versailles is probably involved. Uh, yes. Almost certainly, yes. <laughs> I don't disagree. I'm not a doctor, but yes. I absolutely do not disagree. And that is the uh, the rollicking good tale of how you should lick every antique and sometimes it will save France from embarrassment. Except it won't because it turns out France is into that. It turns out France really loves... France has got like a humiliation thing a mile wide. <laughs> Incroyable. A lot of people wonder about the forgery market and how it got so big. It is actually currently considered the worst the forgery market's ever been in history. Nice. <laughs> I feel like this actually points out that most of the time forgeries continue to circulate because rich people are too embarrassed to admit they were had. (laughs) Because even if you want to claim that Versailles was innocent, they were taken in by the fact that Daddy Chair was a personality they liked and Horman was not. I am flashing back to the wine fraud documentary. It's that all over again. The beats are so similar. And I love it because I don't feel bad about literally any part of it, except that people don't like Horman because he seems like a really cool guy. Come on the podcast, why don't you? God, if we could get him on the podcast, that would be so cool. I'm gonna, well, all right, after I this, don't think we could after all the speculation we've done about his personal life in the last uh, half hour or so, but you know. It wasn't speculation about his personal life. We were fictionalizing tropes that this fell into. Horman is married with children. I mean, so was Oscar Wilde, but you know. All right, well, now he's not going to be on the show. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. After this, I will still be trying to find if he has an agent and making an inquiry anyhow. (laughs) Best case scenario, he never listens to this episode. Yay! (laughs) So, yeah, uh, lick everything you see. Trademark antiques freaks. Lick everything. (laughs) Sources for today include VanityFair.com, How a Sneaky Furniture Expert Tricked Versailles, News.Artnet.com, Versailles Antique Chair Scandal, and artcritique.com, Parisian art expert ruse undone by former student. If you have a proposed romance novel treatment of the story you heard today, email us, antiquesfreakspodcast at gmail.com, or post in our Facebook group, Friends, or tag us on Tumblr, antiquesfreaks.tumblr.com. Only partially a joke, I would like to hear it. Or if you're feeling particularly spicy, you could write us a review in whichever app you're using to listen to this. Or if you're listening in an app that does not allow for reviews, you can post about us on social media. I would love to get a review that was literally just a treatment of a script idea. I'd be delighted personally. Like didn't say anything about us at all. I would be so over the moon. I'd be even more over the moon if it was five stars. If you would like to procure some non-fraudulent vintage goods, you can check out our Etsy shop at etsy.com slash shop slash antiquesfreaks. I guarantee you my prices are low enough that I have no interest in defrauding you. And if you need more Antiques Freaks in your week, you can head on over to our Patreon at patreon.com slash antiquesfreaks, where every week we produce a bonus episode where we read and review a chapter of the Penny Dreadful Varney the Vampire or the Feast of Blood, a Victorian vampire tale. And a cracking one at that. Special shout out to our patrons for paying our hosting fees and filling our hearts with love. So much love. And thank you in particular for listening. That's right. You. Au revoir. Goodbye.